Hello and welcome to Dr. Doctor. This is a bi-weekly debrief with your best friends in medicine. I'm your host, Griffin Reed, and today we have a very special guest, Anna Hardesty. Dr. Hi. Anna Hardesty. Hi there. <laughs> um, so I will do a little introduction for Anna. She is one of the chief residents um, at our Brown Internal Medicine Program. And I first met Anna when we were working on night float together at the Miriam Hospital. And one of the first things that I remember from working with Anna is that um, she was very optimistic for our shift together. Um, and I would say like stereotypically or characteristically, the shifts are very, very busy together. Anna had brought in her Nintendo Switch and we were planning on doing some gaming. <laughs> it's, true, it's true. How did that work out, Anna? How much gaming did we do together that month? I think zero. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, Anna, chief resident, what, do, what does that mean? I get asked that by my family members <laughs> on a very regular basis. So I've got a little bit of practice of explaining the gig. I would describe my current job as like a not quite 50-50 mix of administrative and clinical duties. So it's a nominated and then kind of selected position where you spend a majority of your time in a leadership role for the residency. So I'm kind of like the liaison between residents and administrators as far as scheduling and coordinating and like making sure that things run smoothly. I also have a teaching component to my job. So I run our morning reports, which are like didactic sessions in the morning, and I help coordinate some of the afternoon lectures as well. And then the clinical piece is that one weekend day out of every month, and then a few weeks out of the year, I'm an attending. So I get practice in the attending role, I supervise residents, and do procedures with them and all sorts of things like that. So it's kind of a weird mixed bag of a job. Which is so, so cool how much variety there is in the work. That's actually one of the things that is so, seems like it would be so fun about the job. I love it. It keeps me on my toes for sure. So I never know whether my day is going to be like mostly clinical or mostly administrative or some mix. I swear we joke that in the hospital, there's this practice of just sprinkling a little chief on it. <laughs> and I have found that to be very true that like things become my job that I didn't know would be my job. And it's not always a bad thing. It's just that my day is often a series of surprises. Can you give some example of those less uh, typical chiefly duties? Sure, sure. So I would say there's like the classic people management <laughs> stuff, you know, um, so-and-so isn't so excited about this rotation <laughs> or like this challenging interaction happened and someone wanted to debrief. Some of the more surprising and fun ones are the opposite. Like we get people just popping into our office to pass along compliments or like oh. good news about people, which are my favorite, obviously, to receive and then pass back along. There's also like sometimes the puzzling ones. Like we have people come into our office um, and ask us things that I never would have imagined would be <laughs> my job. But you're kind of like, oh, okay, I guess I can help you figure out where all of the forks are. Like I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be doing this today, but let's go do it. 
Um, I was talking to Iman today. I was over at one of the other hospitals, and he's one of the chiefs over there. He was helping somebody find their backpack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, miss. No, no, I didn't misplace. I found a misplaced phone for someone the other day that was just, like, left in our room. We had a whole incident where the microwave at the Miriam broke, and I spent a good two hours <laughs> tracking down a new microwave. And that's the thing. is like <laughs> somebody needs to do these things or the hospital is going to fall apart. Like, yeah. resident, residents, like, do not have time to do this. And if you can't microwave your food... You don't get to eat lunch or dinner. Oh, it would be absolute <laughs> anarchy without a microwave. Uh, things would fall apart. The hospital would crumble. And so it was a very important job. I didn't know that it was going to be a chief's job, but I was happy to go find a microwave. Let's talk about one of the things that is a lot. And I would say, so we are so excited about this current chief clap. Like this, oh, these are like beloved <laughs> residents. And, I'm flattered. Um, and I would say, so one of probably your exposed, like, first duties as chiefs for the year is building the mass, the, the master schedule. <laughs> <laughs> that tone is very appropriate. Okay. So, uh, just tell, explain, explain that situation and why that's such, like, a huge ordeal. I knew it would be bad. I just don't think I knew quite how bad it would be. So basically, you have about 140 people every year who need to be assigned to various rotations. And we have this horrific Excel spreadsheet that is all color-coded and filled with various, like, programming in it that help you do it but by and large it is you manually typing names into a spreadsheet to hit like minimum necessary numbers of people on a given rotation and that alone wouldn't be so bad but you add 140 people's <laughs> various vacation requests or weekends they want off or what they're going into or whether they're applying to fellowship and interviewing uh, or paternity leave, right? Yeah. Or any of these things. And then you have just like an extra layer of complication. And that's not even to consider like, wow, I have to think about strengths of residents and like, would they thrive starting in the ICU or would this be a person <laughs> who needs to like ease into it a bit more? I, I think I start, I think I did make you my second to last rotation. So <laughs> that tells you something about me. <laughs> Absolutely not. If we put all of our superstars in the oh, MICU yeah. in the first two months, no, think about it. If you put all your superstars in the MICU the first two months those poor resident like interns <laughs> in months like four through 11 are gonna be like oh my gosh and i think i think the attendings would probably say mm, we're really getting to the dregs <laughs> really getting to the bottom of the barrel here so you gotta spread the wealth um but it's yeah it was a huge task i think it ended up taking me two months and then oh my God. that was just for the first draft oh my gosh and then as you may recall, there was like <laughs> senior leadership input that then led to whole draft number two. And I think that honestly, like I'm glad it's over. Um, it's fine that I did the job, but 
I just have to say, the piece that I didn't think about was that nobody ever comes to you when they're happy. (laughs) You know, you get a lot of angry emails. Like, Uh, I can't believe you gave me X, Y, Z. Or I specifically (laughs) requested. You never hear from the residents who looked at it and went, oh, okay. (laughs) For for what it's worth, let me just put it out there. I'm very happy with my schedule this year. (laughs) Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Oh, man. Um... All right. So, yeah, I I can understand how that scheduling process is like Sudoku meets crossword on steroids. That's a um, good descriptor. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I think another part of the chief role that's really cool is the education. That it's my favorite. You all get to do. Tell, yeah. yeah. So what's your, what's your, so what are the different education kind of aspects to your job? Yeah. So I think there's a few. The classic, like stereotypical teaching moment for a chief is morning report. Mm-hmm. So this is. Oh, I love morning report. Oh, it's my favorite. And yeah. honestly, I think it's like why I'm sitting in this position today because mm-hmm. you experience morning report as a resident. And if it's something that resonates with you, you're like, gosh, I just want to do that. Yeah. Like, I want to facilitate that. And so, so what is so before we get too far, mm-hmm. what is morning report? Right. So it's a case presentation that you and a resident present together. So the resident kind of walks through at like usually chronologically kind of what happened with the patient and you help kind of withhold or give information in a way that promotes teaching within the residence. So for instance, if your goal for the lecture was for somebody to come up with a really strong differential diagnosis, Mm -hmm. you might stop giving them information before the like lab value that gives it all away, right? right? And get them all to think through it and then you might kind of give them the spoilers and walk through the rest of it. You're not going to give them the biopsy result showing vasculitis on the second slide. Exactly. You like save that. But some days you might decide that the teaching point is instead actually treatment of the diagnosis. So you might give them all the necessary mm-hmm. information up front and then save a lot more time talking about like, okay, now you've diagnosed vasculitis. What do we do? And I think that there's layers of the fun for me, but I think a deciding which of those like stopping points I'm going to choose for each morning report is really fun. Like, do I think this is a diagnostic puzzle? Is this like a treatment puzzle? You know, where, where do I want the learning to be? And then I also just think it's really fun to get the resident interaction. Like I love having multiple people talking, like ideas being bounced off of one another, no wrong answers, just kind of like throwing out our thought process and and seeing everyone engage is one of my favorite things. There's no wrong answers, but sometimes there are answers where people will be like, they'll they'll throw something out and I'll just say like, wow, <laughs> this this person is a genius. Like, what about this presentation made them think of like chickengunya? And and then a lot of t- a lot of times they're right. I know. It's like they're crazy. <laughs> it's so impressive. Yeah. And I sometimes get residents that bring me a case that I think like this is gonna stump everybody. <laughs> like, there's no way they are gonna come up with 
pulmonary histoplasmosis yeah. in this guy <laughs> who was born and raised in Rhode Island, right? Like, this is so tricky. And today, if you see up there... I see it like, on the whiteboard right now. On the whiteboard, we did this case, and one of the residents was like, you know, everybody else is voting for this other thing, but I really think it's histo. <laughs> and I was just trying to keep it together because she impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. I was like, that is amazing. You have to have a good stage face because you yes. can't, like, give it, a, give it away. <laughs> a lot of acting. Yeah. Um, So that's, I would say, the classic chief teaching, which is one of my favorite parts of the day. Other things that we do that I really like are um, usually once a week we do what's called intern conference. So since interns don't get to come to morning report, this is really fun for them because it's like a dedicated teaching time just for them. Their seniors hold their pagers, they like turn off their secure chat, and they just come and hang out with us, no interruptions. And we do a whole range of things. Sometimes we focus on what we call elevator problems. So this is like especially powerful at the beginning of the year. But this is you get a phone call that your patient has XYZ symptom, let's say chest pain. What are you thinking about in the elevator mm, on your way oh, up? Yeah. So it's like, what should you ask the nurse while you still have on the phone? What's on your differential? What things can't you miss? What are you going to do when you examine the patient? And helping them build that framework so that the first time they get that call, they're like, okay, we've talked through this. I know what I need to do and ask. So that's kind of how we start the year for intern conference. We also, like towards the end of the year, do a lot of teaching on how do you make that transition to a senior? What is it like caring for 18 patients instead of nine? You know, what is it like to have not write the notes, but be in charge of the trickier consults or to deal with the struggling learner? How do you even identify a struggling learner? All these pieces, which I think are really fun to kind of dive into with them. Yeah, and I think they couldn't have a better person doing that than you. I just, going back to our night flow month together, that was one of my first months of (laughs) intern year. And I was asking you every night, Anna, the blood glucose on this patient is 220. And they're asking me what, how much insulin I want to give. And we must have had that same conversation about 18 times that month. (laughs) Hey, I firmly believe that I would rather be asked the question that you need to know the answer to than not be asked a question and like learn later that night that there was something going on that you needed help That your intern gave them 25 (laughs) units of short-acting insulin. (laughs) Absolutely. Would way rather ask the question. Oh, man. That's funny. Um, So... Do I know that a lot of of chiefs they kind of have side projects that they work on kind of apart from all of these other responsibilities. I know one of you one of yours which I'm going to get to later, but I'm wondering are there any of any that you like feel especially It's um, a good question. I think that there are a few. As you know, I'm applying for fellowship right now too. Yeah. What so. are you, what are you applying at? I'm curious. I Infectious disease. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so exciting. Awesome. But that's taking up a fair amount yeah, of my yeah. time right now. <laughs> but things that I walked into the year with wanting to do and that I hope to continue throughout the course of the year, I think I kind of have two big ones. I think um 
broadly speaking, I'll categorize them both under the like wellness umbrella. Uh, But I think that the two really big ones that I'd like to invest some time and energy in are uh, the resident lounges. Yes, that was the one that I was going to mention. Good, good. So it's still something that I, I feel passionately about that our residents should have workspaces that don't make them sad or like <laughs> not have sunshine. And our current workspace <laughs> does just that. <laughs> like it's already a hard several years, okay. right? So Liz, list your second project that you're working on. And then we need to talk about this resident lounge. <laughs> okay. I would say the second wellness like component that I'm working on is I would say kind of expanding our like, after hours activities so like i think classically we do a few things really well we do like a lot of time in bars which for a lot of people in the residency is like a fun thing that they get to do but certainly doesn't check the box for everyone in residency and so trying to create more balanced extracurricular activities that people with a whole range of like desires and loves would be able to come to and enjoy is something that I feel strongly about. Oh, that's, that's so nice. (laughs) Okay. Getting back to our current lounge. Um, So I'm going to try to be, to take my emotion out of this. (laughs) I'm going to try to do as Dom Tamara says, Mm -hmm. our former program director, present a fair and objective uh, portrait of our current resident lounge. (laughs) There's a lot of brown Mm. and there's a lot of blue carpet Mm. with that brown. Good combo. The lights flicker and are noisy. They do make a sound. They are noisy lights. Which is impressive. Which is impressive. One of the biggest strengths, how big is that TV in our new conference and morning report? it's (laughs) massive. It's absolutely, I think you could fit like two of me inside <laughs> that TV. Yeah. It's a very, very good visibility touch screen. That yep. was a huge, that was a huge get. Whoever yes. got that, good on them. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. It's just lacking a certain uh, oomph, yes. flair, you, uh, you know, sparkle. Yes. You actually forgot my two least favorite parts of the lounge, though which is that that lovely giant TV screen that they purchased is covering the only windows. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there is no natural light zero, in that zero, room. Yeah. Oh, it's just so sad yeah. when you're sitting in there and you can just see the sliver of a window <laughs> around the edge of the TV monitor. And you remember what the sunlight used to uh. look like. <laughs> yep. So that's number one. And then number two, well, I love that we, you know, support and remember the residents of old. Uh. Every single spare inch of wall space is covered in an old class photo. And I think, A, if you look back at some of those pictures, it no longer is representative of who we as brown residency are. I would say I would say that's fair. Old white people. Oh yeah. yeah. There's one like legitimate photo of four old white dudes mm-hmm. standing around yeah. a fireplace back <laughs> in the times when resident actually meant resident. <laughs> and while I think it's like neat to like remember some of that stuff. I also don't need like a sea of white men yeah, <laughs> staring yeah, at me every yeah, day when I yeah. learn. And secondly, because there have been so many residents, it takes up 
every yeah, inch of wall really space. Does. So even if we can't make the windows visible, maybe at the very least we could like put some pretty pictures of Providence or like the cool city we live in or the ocean because you know we live in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> we need we. I think we need one of those HGTV people to yes. come to be like. I maybe there's like a show out there like redo my residency oh or my something. Gosh. Or I bet you know someone out there is the perfect person to you know des- design on a dime like snap yes. up our resident HQ. Griffin, this is brilliant. <laughs> we should absolutely find someone to do this because then it's like good publicity oh, for the hospital. Oh my gosh. And they could be like look at the, they could put it on the website and then applicants would be like oh my gosh, Brown? So you mean the people that were on Redo My Residency? Yeah. Like yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The design. Oh my god. What are the re- Property Brothers? Yes. We need Property Brothers. We need them. We need Property Brothers. Okay. Okay. All right, Anna. Well, thanks for walking us through what it's like to be a chief resident. Um, that'll do it for the first side of our show, and we'll come back after the break. So welcome back from the break. Uh, with the second half of the show, I just kind of want to get get real with Anna and say, what's going on in the hospital right now? That's a good question. First of all, what? So we're we're recording in the hospital where you're working at right now. Yes. What hospital is that? We are at the Providence VA. Nice. It's a special place. So tell tell us what's going on in the VA right now. You know. I think the first thing is we have a great group of residents right now. I have really lovely energy from all the people that I've worked with. I think they're enthusiastic. They're like showing up to work, ready to do things, which is exactly what I love and is making my job much easier. So that's been really great. I think the other thing that's going on in the VA right now, to be perfectly honest, is a fair amount of COVID. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, you hate to hear it, folks. Yep. You know, it hasn't gone away. It's still a thing we have to treat and manage. Um, but yeah, we're getting through. Um, so a couple of things that I remember from my time at the VA is, one, it's pretty much all of the senior residents, instead of being a mix of second and third years, it's actually all second year residents kind of leading the show, which is really cool because I think it's a big independence builder for the senior residents. I totally agree. I vividly remember my second year rotation as a senior at the VA as a very big learning moment for me. Managing the team dynamic, like trying to figure out what it I was as a leader and how I was going to approach that and not having third years to run to yes. for help. Yes. You know, you have your own second year colleagues that you can bounce ideas off of, but it feels very different when you're all at the same learning level working through something together. There's not some total master that you can just like get every single answer from bing, bang, boom, and that there's also like no stakes and asking so i feel like if you run to your attending with every question Mm -hmm. um you know that 
may you know that may not feel so good to you as where whereas if you're just like sitting at a computer next to a third year resident and say like hey uh, how much like should I die a recent person? Right. That's a totally different situation. So it is. And so I think it does take a lot more autonomy, a lot more independence, and a lot more recognizing, okay, here is a moment where I truly need to ask for help versus here is a moment that I think I can work through on my own. Absolutely. One other thing that I remember from the VA is CPRS. <laughs> oh, the dreaded. <laughs> Um, for those who don't know at home, CPRS is the electronic medical record system of the VA. And I think it's one of the oldest in the country, if not the oldest. I think it was the first one ever made. Yeah. And so some interesting features <laughs> of CPRS. First of all, when you log on, all of the logos and um, like welcome intro art are all in like ASCII text <laughs> yeah. art, which can give you some idea of when this was created and perhaps how little um, prioritization there was for user interface, um, user uh, friendliness. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can feel that CPRS was not designed to help physicians. <laughs> it was designed to facilitate records being translated from different sites, right, all across the country. So clearly they had different objectives in mind than we might ask for if we were to create one from scratch. Incredible things about CPRS. First of all, all data for the entire nation's worth of veterans, um, who, by the way, I should add, we really enjoy taking care of and we think are, you know, absolutely such uh, um, important uh, patient population to get really high quality care. Um, all of the data on their care is in one central location, basically. Yeah. So it's a huge research resource. Um, if you wanted to study heart failure, for instance, uh, you can tap into the VA database and um, basically get information on probably several thousand people with heart failure uh, and how they're being managed. It's so neat. And just to echo what you stated earlier, I, I love working with the vets and in fact went to medical school at a place that had a VA and it was really high on my priority list to go to a residency that also had a VA. I think it's just such a unique care opportunity, CPRS aside. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, we'll, we'll alternate a little bit here. So that's a, that's a strength, weakness mm -hmm. of CPRS. Uh, things are not where you would expect them to be found, orders in particular. Yeah. Uh, and along with that, I would say there may be some redundant documentation. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> are you talking about the three discharge summary document? The documents? three discharge summary document. That is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tell, walk me through just briefly. What do you have to do to get somebody discharged from the hospital here? Oh, my gosh. You basically have to fill out the same form. Three, three times. separate yeah. times. Yes. We don't want to stereotype the VI, VA for government bureaucracy <laughs> stereotypes, but unfortunately, it's making that comparison absolutely necessary in this moment. <laughs> it's too perfect not to. Oh, my goodness. Um, so that's maybe one weakness. And then I would say another strength is, too, is that uh, 
nursing communications have a unbelievable power here. Yeah. It almost feels like you could type in, uh, like, cure patients heart <laughs> failure, and it would just happen, happen somehow. It's so true. There are these, like, grab bag orders that you can type anything into if Free you can't orders. find it. Yeah. And it somehow happens. Yeah. It's incredible. It may not be easy to find draw morning troponin. But if you free text in, please draw troponin at 5 a.m., it will likely happen. <laughs> it is so true. The number of times that I have spent 5, 10, 15 minutes trying to find an order only to just type it in as a nursing communication yeah. is not zero. That's so funny. Um, yeah. And then I'll maybe just say a little bit. And then what's going on outside the hospital right now? Anything? What are, What have been your... So chief here... Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the schedule is less bizarre, um, sup- less like super long hours that you're in the hospital. Have you picked up any new hobbies this year or anything that you're looking to get into? Oh, yes, which is amazing. And one of my favorite things about this year so far, um, as you may know, I just recently got married. Yes, yes very exciting. Oh, so Super happy. lovely. Beautiful pictures oh, that I've seen so far. Thank you. The day turned out great. And... But my husband and I were joking that this might be the first time in our whole relationship where I have normal working hours. (laughs) And also maybe the last time (laughs) we were just cracking up. He was like, Anna, what are we going to do on the weekends when you're actually home? And I was like, we need to find hobbies. (laughs) So what are they? Yes. So I would say the big two right now, uh, we bought stand-up paddle boards. (gasps) Oh, it's been amazing, especially with this heat wave. Oh, my God. It has been so nice to get out. We, like, pack some cold drinks, some mm. snacks, oh and paddleboard around and hear the ocean state. Do you go to Lincoln Woods? We have that honor to-do oh. list. I've heard great things. Yeah, so Ika, my wife, actually, is yeah. stand-up paddleboard, and we, we go out there with our dog. Yeah. Sounds incredible. So Sounds nice. incredible. So that's the big one. And then the other one is I already bake and cook, but we've been trying more adventurous things. So this Ooh. last weekend, I made jam. Oh. Yeah. I'd never done it before. And what? I was okay. like, okay. What berries? Or I guess... Was it grapes? I don't know. We went raspberry. Oh, my God. Through a series of events, we ended up with 24 (gasps) six-ounce cartons of raspberries. 24? It was insane. My entire fridge basically is raspberries right now. Oh, my gosh. And so I was desperate to find something to do with, like, (laughs) pounds upon pounds of raspberries. (gasps) So we made, we turned four of those pounds of raspberries into raspberry jam this weekend. Oh, my gosh. Wait, how? So did you pick? Did you? We didn't. It was like a random event where a place we were had ordered raspberries and they accidentally like, I think added like an extra zero or something onto (laughs) their delivery. And they were like, we can't fit them in our fridge. So they were just handing crates of raspberries out to people and we took two home. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Okay. I, I love raspberry jam. Mm -hmm. I so somebody told me this one time, but they said when you get to the bottom of the jar, instead of just washing it out, if you put a little olive oil and lemon juice in there, Ooh. shake it up, raspberry vinaigrette. I'm so going to do that. You Love have 24 it. opportunities yes, to do that, Anna, so literally. Yes, so many <laughs> opportunities for raspberry vinaigrette. <laughs> 
Oh man, how fun. Oh my God, that's so great. And Anna, I have had the opportunity to try your baking one time and it was mm. unbelievably good. So, so, so good. I am very flattered to hear that from the Residency Great Bake Off champion. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. That's so, yeah, that's so Your nice. baking astonished me. I was both Delighted to be able to enjoy it and deeply angry that you were <laughs> entered into the same competition as me. Um, what Anna is referencing, we had a we had a baking sort of get to a baking like fest festival, mm-hmm. I guess, last year at our um, hospital during the bleak month of mm-hmm. February. Yes. And um, Anna and I uh, took home first and second place. So it's true. This, you're, this is a very, wow, probably... Maybe not widely sought after podcast duo right here, yeah. but uh, very talented, I guess. I think objectively so. speaking, I you know what? Maybe I should start a baking podcast, oh. and then we could be both baking champions, podcasting buddies. Oh, there's a there's a there's a podcast title here some somewhere. We have to think of it. Okay, we're gonna come back <laughs> to that. Some sort of baking pun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's 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 right there. There's yeah, got to be an awkward one. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Let's see. Uh, I'll just go ahead and share what I've been up to lately. Yeah, please do. Hospital. So I just recently started the consults month mm. this month, medicine consults. So basically what that entails is uh, working with other teams around the hospital and um, helping them with classic medical problems like heart failure um, and uh, electrolyte abnormalities and uh, I, I think we'll actually get into that a little bit more in the next episode. So I won't dwell on that too much. Uh, but outside of the hospital, mm-hmm. Anna's right, there's been a heat wave. And unfortunately, our little boy, Bodie, has to have a cast on right oh, now. Oh, what miserable I know, timing. To help stretch out his foot. He's got a little tight foot. So it's... A bummer for him, mm-hmm. and he has not liked sleeping with that thing on oh, I can at imagine. all. So I was just thinking about it. I was like, I was so unbelievably tired these last couple of years as an intern and like first year senior resident. If you would have asked me if I could have taken on any more responsibilities, I would have said absolutely not. No way. But here you Lo did. and behold, here <laughs> I am with a four and a half month old baby who has been waking me and my wife up uh, three times per night for the last week. My wife is in the PICU right now, the pediatric intensive care unit. And by the grace of God, we have our mother-in-law staying with us right now. Wow. (laughs) Otherwise I have no idea. (laughs) We, I I don't know. One of us would have to quit our job or we would die. Those are the two options that we have. That is incredible. (laughs) what a a double well triple whammy of events all at the same time but he my little boy Bowden um has been so cute and we've had so much fun playing together after work we pretty much go into the backyard and look up at the trees and the clouds every day after work and we've been reading so many books my heart is so full that boy is 
a treasure. That is incredible. And you know, I got to see you in full dad mode oh, the other day. that's right. Mm-hmm. At the farmer's market. Yes, we ran into each other. You had your sun hat on, <laughs> which matched his yes. sun hat. You had the shorts and tall socks and the tucked in <laughs> shirt. I was like, this man is thriving as a father. <laughs> For those who haven't seen me, I... Am a very, very pale skinned person. <laughs> if I am exposed to any amount of sunshine, UV rays on my body, it is bad news bears. It's <laughs> it's dangerous very quickly. <laughs> so Anna is describing my typical get up and go mm-hmm. gear attire for the summer. You were protected. Yeah, I was very protected. <laughs> what you didn't see was the zinc. Ah. Uh, SPF 50 sunscreen that I had on. <laughs> Necessary. <laughs> Necessary. I yeah. love it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then I guess just as we wrap up the show, what anything that you're looking looking forward to coming up soon? Oh, yeah. A couple things. I think, number one, I'm very excited to find out where I might be going for fellowship. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Very Match cool. day, November 30th. Not that we're counting. Not that we're counting. <laughs> I am also super excited. I have a very dear close friend who's getting married over Labor Day. And so I'm flying out to Bozeman, Montana, (gasps) which will be super fun. Oh, yeah. Fun fact, not particularly easy to get to from Rhode Island, (laughs) but for him, I'll make it work. Oh, my gosh. Um... And and then I think just like exploring more, you know, we love Rhode Island. We've loved the region. Obviously, COVID put a damper yeah. on our ability to explore. Too true. And now I finally have weekends to do so. So I think we'll be checking out a lot of hot spots in the area. Check out Tillinghast Pond Loop Ooh. Recreational Area. Okay. Good so for nice. supping? Uh, it is good for supping. Okay. Actually, I wasn't even thinking about that. It's a great uh, area for walking around, but they have... Super good stand-up paddleboard. Oh, fantastic. As well. Um, and then I'll just say what I'm looking forward to yes. is uh so my wife and I have been watching this TV show. It is called Only Murders in <gasps> the Building. I love it. Oh my god, that TV show is so good. It's basically about a young woman, Selena Gomez, mm-hmm. and two older gentlemen, uh Martin Short and Steve Martin. Steve Martin, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, who um, a murder happens in this building and they make a one of those uh, real true crime, mm-hmm. true crime podcasts about it. And now that I've been doing this podcast, <laughs> I'm looking at all their recording equipment. I'm like, that is a very nice microphone. <laughs> uh, they're doing a very good job with their recording. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that show brings me so yeah. much joy. So we just finished episode seven of the first season oh. last night. And oh, every single episode just has me dropping my jaw right? to the floor with twists and turns, plot twists. It, we just are like, if we were not going to bed at 9 p.m. <laughs> in the evening, we would be like, we must watch another. Oh, We must watch another. It is addictive. We're it's now so, on to season two. Yes. It oh is my gosh. so worth the watch. The other thing that I love about it, I'm an absolute like sucker for comedy. I yeah. I basically don't want to spend my time uh-huh. watching sad uh-huh. or dramatic shows, uh-huh. especially after like our job. We like to yeah. go home, you know, be our sad and dramatic job. Exactly. <laughs> and so the 
interplay between like the two old guys and Selena, like the generational oh divide, like texting versus calling, just all of these jokes that they pepper in are beautiful to me. Yeah, lo- absolutely love it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so on that note, I want to thank Anna again for joining me on this show. Absolutely incredible human being um, for joining me as a guest this week. And uh, that's it for uh, Dr. Doctor. Um, And I just want to say a special thank you to the artist providing the music for this uh, episode, John Sid, with his song Rock. And once again, if you have uh, any questions or topics that you would like address, you can email uh, the show's email at docdocpod at gmail.com. That's D-O-C-D-O-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a good rest of your day. 